Welcome to Divorce Explained, the podcast where we answer your questions and navigate the process of divorce together. Sharing real stories and personal experiences, this is your guide through it all. With your hosts, family law specialist Steve Benmore and divorce lawyer and strategist Leanne Townsend. What does kidney stones have anything to do with family law and divorce? So we're going to tell you, and to some extent, for some of our viewers, Leanne doesn't even know what to deal with. No, I'm just like going along for the ride today. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> okay, so let me lay the foundation. Um, my wife, my lovely wife, Samantha, turned 50 on July 5, 2023, just not many days ago. For the last year, we have been planning her birthday party. She didn't want a party. She wanted a trip to Italy. So we arranged a lovely, almost three week trip to Northern Italy. We were supposed to leave on Saturday, which is why we delayed IG lives for a few weeks until I returned. But on Thursday, three days before we flew, I came down with really severe kidney stones to the point where it was debilitating and it was, it caused excruciating pain. I went to the hospital and uh, of course, after medication and testing, CT scans and so forth, it was determined that I've got kidney stones and they even provide uh, significant detail with respect to the size of the stone and how to deal with it. It was not big enough to justify any form of intrusive surgery or any sort of shockwave therapy but it was small enough that it would pass on its own, but it was going to have to pass on its own, which meant pain in any event. So here I am um, now in Toronto, no trip to Italy for my lovely wife, but we're gonna go in August instead. So what does this have to do with family law? Answer, I had the, the opportunity to experience a trip to the emergency room and the protocol in which the various professionals in the hospital handled me or specifically handled my medical problem. And after having gone through it and then through the sedation and the diagnosis and the treatment and the full journey and experience, I realized there's a lot of similarity to the type of work that you and I, Leanne, do when it comes to helping people with what for them is excruciating pain. And for many people, you and I included, going through the breakup of a family, going through the going your separate ways from the person that you have built a life with, children with, shared a bedroom with, shared ups and downs with, to go through what is otherwise this union, to go through a breakup of it, and more importantly, where you're at odds with the person that you are breaking up with. This is extremely painful. And clients come to us every day and they share with us their pain and they want us to take the pain away. 
just by way of example, I got to the hospital and I wanted them to take the pain away, but they couldn't take the pain away right away because they had protocol. They had to go through a whole bunch of things. Let's just start with the most obvious. I had to get there. That wasn't so, so easy. But then when I finally got to the emergency room, then, and I was in terrible pain, I was telling, first of all, I was told to wait over there. Wait over there? I can't wait. I'm in pain. Help me. But I had to wait over there because there was other people ahead of me. Then when I finally got to the window, and this is not even the nurse now, this is just intake. When I finally got to the window, I had to share with them a whole bunch of data, my OHIP card, my, my dat, my information, my ID, my address, all these, is it all up to date? And I'm thinking, really, really? But I did it and I had to hold that pain together until I actually got to the triage nurse. The triage nurse asked me even deeper questions to better understand what's going on, to know which track to send me down and to measure my level of urgency and emergency. And then after what appeared to be to be days, but it was really just a matter of a, an hour, maybe an hour and a half, I finally got some um, preliminary pain relief. I use the word preliminary because it certainly didn't solve the problem. And we frankly didn't even know what the problem was but it just gave me a little bit of pain relief. And then I finally got to a doctor hours later. And then the doctor said, well, I hear what you're dealing with. It could be a whole bunch of problems, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna send you for some tests in order to figure out exactly what the source of the problem is and what the treatment method is. And then I'll circle back with you when, when we get the test results back. And then I got sent off over the course of many, many hours. By the way, the whole thing was about a 12-hour ordeal. And I'd say by about hour 10 or 11, I started getting answers to what the problem was and how we were going to deal with it. And then I was sent off with a couple prescriptions and a couple referrals with a much reduced level of pain. Still painful, but reduced level of pain. And then uh, here I am now about a week, a week and a half later, I'm pain free and I am now awaiting another round of tests in order to confirm that I am clear of my kidney stones. So now let's connect that with family law. Clients contact Leanne and I all the time and they're in pain and they've got problems and they think, well, we're the doctor or we're the lawyer. We can. Just solve it like that. Just, I don't know if you could hear this snap, but hear it. solve it like that. Well, most of the time we can't. And today I had a phone call with a client who is, he sent me, I'd say, a, I don't know, about six emails yesterday. And I said to him, before we even get into the details, I got six emails from you yesterday. Is it fair to say that you're dealing with a higher level of anxiety yesterday and today than normal? He goes, he paused. It was like, it felt like a three or four second pause. And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of anxiety. 
And I appreciated the answer. And I, I think he appreciated the question um, because our clients want us to remove the anxiety, the stress, the depression, just like that. And in many cases, we can't um, for, for a variety of reasons. One is we don't control everything. Two, we actually have to go through protocol. We actually have to first I turn, turn the person into a client. I had a call yesterday for someone, random caller. I happened to pick up the phone. He went right into the question. I don't even know who he is. I didn't know what his contact was. He just wanted an answer. He desperately wanted an answer. Putting aside the whole subject of payment, uh, this, is a, this is a person that reflects many people who are going through what our clients go through, and they just want an answer. And you, you can't just answer the question because like doctors, we lawyers, we have ethical and professional responsibilities. First, we have to know who is our client and are we gonna be giving them proper advice? And in order to give them proper advice, we need to have some background data, oftentimes a lot of background data, in order to ascertain the context in which the question is being asked. And then we might actually have to send them off to go and give us more data. Does a Form 13.1 financial statement sound familiar to anybody? You know, we have to ask for um, information regarding their income and their assets and their debts and their family history. And when we're dealing with parenting, we need a lot of family history to be able to give advice. So let me just pause on that and invite you, Leanne, into this parallel universe of medical emergencies and family law emergencies. Do you see the similarities? I, I definitely see the similarities. And just a couple preliminary comments. First off, I'm glad that you're feeling a lot better now, Steve, because uh, I have heard kidney stones can be very painful. Uh, so uh, I'm glad that uh, you're not in, in the pain that you were and that you're feeling better. Uh, and secondly, um, when you mentioned the topic, um, I thought maybe the angle rather than I, I, first off, I totally agree with everything you're saying about the comparisons, but I thought the angle might be that maybe when you're supposed to be taking your wife to Italy for her birthday and you have a health crisis that cancels the trip or postpones the trip that, you know, maybe you're going to end up having to get a divorce. Um, <laughs> And so how you were able I got to smooth things over doctor, so, so that you didn't divorce. get one. <laughs> so that's what I thought the angle might be. But uh, And I'm seeing your wife tonight so um, to celebrate her birthday with some other women. Um, so I'm glad that you were able to postpone the trip and not have to cancel it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a lot of similarities. I find when people contact us, um, they're it off, you know they're in crisis quite often. They're they're in pain. They're not They make it could be physical pain because stress can cause physical pain. But you know they're uncomfortable. They're stressed. They're anxious, and they are looking to us to immediately put them out of that state of discomfort. And we can't um you know as, as steve touched on there's processes we have to follow there's protocols um there isn't instant it's not like we can just prescribe you a drug and that's going to make everything at least in the short term be abandoned and make you feel magically better um the system takes time quite often to to navigate and there's steps that have to be followed and 
you know, one commonality between doctors and lawyers in, you know, many professions out there is, you know, there's always a liability issue. So when, but like the doctor, when they're making a diagnosis and prescribing a treatment, if they're, if they make a mistake or, you know, don't, if they're negligent in getting the proper information and proper tests in place before they make that diagnosis and they misdiagnose and somebody has a problem, they can be sued for that and they have liability for that. And it's the same thing with us lawyers. A lot of people I find, you know, they don't, they don't always want to follow the process and procedures that I'm telling them that we have to follow because it's going to take longer and it's probably going to cost them some more money because I, I need to get certain information before I can formulate an opinion and formulate a course, a strategy and advise on a course of action. Um, and, you know, the main reason I'm doing that is because I want to, recommend the best process for that client that we can follow and the, the best strategy but i'm also liable if, if i don't take proper care to get sufficient information from a client and, and i am negligent about what i'm doing or i you know and i don't follow proper procedures and proper steps then if something goes wrong i can be sued by that client as well just like a doctor can be sued and, you know, again, I'm not, that's not at the forefront of my mind. I'm more concerned about taking proper care of the client, but that is an outcome that doctors and lawyers have to be concerned about as well. And let me just build on, on this for the benefit of our, that you've mentioned Leanne is professional negligence, also called legal malpractice or in the medical sphere, medical malpractice. Now, if a doctor does something wrong and the person suffers no injury whatsoever, oftentimes there's no claim. If the doctor does something wrong and the person suffers an injury, then there is a claim. And for there to be a claim, there needs to be both liability, meaning the doctor did something wrong, and damages, meaning the client or the patient suffered in some way. So when clients come to lawyers and ask, for legal advice, whereby the lawyer doesn't collect enough background data. And there are many lawyers in Ontario, about 50,000 of them, and it's a competitive sphere. And some people, either because they are really desperate for the business, or alternatively, they're really desperate just to help people. And sometimes they'll skip over a couple steps just to get to the help stage, even though they're not really competent to give that advice. If in a situation like that and the client suffers, it's professional negligence. We lawyers are not particularly worried about professional negligence. We're not going to lose our house. We have insurance. What we really care about is we don't want the client to suffer. And by giving a half-baked answer based on half information, we are increasing the likelihood of the client suffering and we doctors don't want to we don't want to nobody wants and in fact there is a premise in many professional spheres it's called do no harm when i go into the emergency room i should be able to leave feeling either the same which is not so great or better and if a client comes to us they should be either the same when they leave us or better. But for us to give them a partial answer that is based on half information or partial information or inaccurate information, 
would result in them suffering or causing us causing them harm. And we cannot afford to do that because we wake up every day and we go to sleep every night wanting to know that we helped people, not harmed people. And as hard as it was for the nurses and the doctors in the emergency room to tell me to slow down and wait my turn and give them more information and allow for more data to come in and test results and so forth and the possibility of consultation a lot of clients they say the question boom what's the answer sometimes we just need to step away and think about it possibly speak to others about it possibly develop an answer and then think about the answer but in the world of the email of internet Question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. There's very little time. And I saw in the emergency room, that didn't happen. As, pain, as much pain as was in that room. And by the way, I wasn't the only one screaming of pain. There were a lot of people there screaming of pain. But at one point, Samantha, my wife, asked one of the nurses, how do you work around here all day long? Everybody's screaming of pain. That must be really hard. To hear that throughout a whole shift, day after day after day. Well, the nurse basically said, you know what? Um, it's a combination of empathy and tuning it out, which is, I find that quite interesting. Those are almost like two opposites. How do you empathize while tuning it out? But in any event, we also have to recognize that all of our clients are going through divorce. Some harder than others, granted, some people within their own divorce have moments where they are highly triggered and moments that's quiet and moments that are really challenging. Sometimes it's literally right before a motion or right before a case conference or right before a trial or right before mediation. Sometimes it's actually the other end. They're just about to settle. And that's when it all jumps back at them and go, oh my God, I'm actually doing this. I'm actually divorcing and settling. So, you know, it's funny, uh, not funny, it's, it's, it's informative to see how the journey of family breakdown through divorce, whether it's low, middle, or high conflict, and the need for professional advice and help matches by parallel the world of medicine because yeah. we disseminate medicine. And in some cases, it doesn't solve the problem. It reduces the intensity of it, it might prolong it, it might prevent, pro provide a pathway to a future resolution, mediation, trial, litigation, negotiation. And in some cases, uh, we need more information, an appraisal, uh, a real estate valuation, a business valuation, a parenting assessment by a social worker. In some cases, we need outside information to be able to solve the problem because we need to know more about the problem. So when the client comes to us and says, I don't want my ex to have the children for overnight, that's a demand. But underneath that demand, there must be some pathology. Either it's family pathology, maybe it's one parent's pathology, Maybe it's both parents' pathology. There must be something there that we need to understand better. Because why is it 
that the parent doesn't want the children to sleep overnight. And if we can uncover that, if it's addictions, if it's domestic violence, if it's parent-to-parent -parent abuse witnessed by the children, there's gotta be something there that we better understand to be able to manage the problem and set a pathway for a, a diagnosis, a prognosis, and a recovery plan. And a couple other similarities uh, between the, the, the going through the medical system and, and the, the family law system are that when you enter into the system, you're, you're at the mercy of the system. Like you're, you're just another person who's suffering from a problem that you need help with and you know you have to wait there's no you know you, you in your case and you know an emergency you have to wait sometimes for many 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 hours before you see a doctor or before you get treated and in the family court system you have to wait to get a court date and sometimes that can be a very long period of time and you're suffering and your family is suffering and you need immediate relief but the court doesn't necessarily deem it urgent enough and even in urgent cases you're, you don't get relief within 24 hours usually there's going to be you know a couple weeks possibly before you can get in front of a judge um, and then another similarity between uh, doctors and lawyers is what I will call um, bedside manner and you know different doctors different lawyers we all have different personalities and so you know sometimes you go to see your doctor and the doctor might be super smart and super good at what they do but maybe they don't have the best people skills and so you know he or she's a little bit abrasive and, and isn't as uh, doesn't come across as caring or empathetic as you would like the doctor to be. But you may be in very good hands because that doctor may be very, very skilled at what they do. And similarly with lawyers, um, you know, we bring different skills to the table, all of us within our personality. And some of us are more touchy-feely and, and more the type who can do the hand-holding that some clients need, not all clients need that, and, and some aren't. And some, you know, are really strong litigators and, and some, you know, maybe that's not their strength as much. And so um, it's important that when you're getting a lawyer, just like a doctor, that you are getting the right person for your specific situation. And, you know, if the bedside manner and, and the empathy and compassion and that kind of stuff is important to you, then, you know, you may want to make sure you seek out a lawyer who has a strong set of skills with that. But if at the end of the day, all you care about is the end result, the, the courtroom result, then that stuff may not be as important and you just want to focus on the lawyer's skills in that area. And I'll tell you, um, if, for people that are in an emergency situation, whether legal emergency or medical emergency, you don't always have the right state of mind to be even able to ascertain what skills you need and what the nature of the service provider's personality and skill set is. You know, I walked into the emergency room I didn't give, nobody gave me a menu of all the different professionals that were working that day that I got. I got lucky because I got a doctor who really was empathetic and very patient, even though she was running around like a chicken with her head for 12 hours, going back room to room to room to room. Oftentimes when we're helping uh, clients, lawyers that is, um, the one client doesn't see the other 50 clients that are in the other rooms, like the, like I saw the other patients that were in the other uh, rooms and in the other booths. Um, and so oftentimes our clients 
are wondering why is it that I didn't get a call back right away or an email back right away? Well, oftentimes it's because the lawyer, like the doctor, is busy helping other people. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so it's interesting. Um, there are a lot of similarities uh, between the two situations and the two systems. And uh, I'm glad that we were able to kind of highlight them. And again, I'm glad that you're feeling better, Steve. Right on. And we'll see everybody next week. Bye for Take now. Care. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Divorce Explained. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to head on over to Instagram and follow at Steve Benmore and at Leanne Townsend Life for more. And if you're looking for specific divorce services, you can visit benmore.com and leannetownsend.ca. We hope today's episode made you feel informed and inspired as you move along through your divorce journey. Tune in next week for Divorce Explained.